to the Workforce Connections Podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the WC Podcast. In today's episode, we have visiting from us all the way from Austin Capital Area in Texas, our friends from the Workforce Solutions Capital Area Board. They were here in Las Vegas to do a best practices exchange over the last day and a half, and we're here to discuss how that's gone. So Tamara, Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank Happy you so much here. for having us, Jaime. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been so great to see you because, I mean, we just saw each other in D.C. And Tamara, I get the pleasure to see you almost four times a year because you and I sit together on the U.S. Conference of Mayors, Mayors Workforce Development Council, on the National Association of Workforce Board, High Impacts Board. And so we thought, um, you know, how wonderful would it be for our board members, our staff, to also get to exchange these ideas you and I always get to talk about. So thank you for uh, taking the time to bring your board members all the way here to Las Vegas. Thank you for inviting us. Let's get uh, right into uh, the podcast. If we, if you would, please, Tamara, tell us uh, in your words, you know, again, I know that we've learned uh, a lot from, from Austin over the years. I've learned a lot from you and how to be an effective ED, how to move the needle in my area. But tell us in your words, what does it mean to be a high impact workforce development board? Well, first of all, thank you so much. This is really a pleasure to be here with you, Jaime, and what a great setup to get to communicate the important message of workforce development to your community and across the country. So I think that the Las Vegas board, that you all at Workforce Connections are also a high-performing board. So I hope that you'll agree with some of the things I say. I think to be a high-impact, high-performance board means that we serve as a hub for workforce development in our community. So in the Central Texas region, what that means is we're a trusted advisor for elected leaders, for business leaders, for education leaders, to see Workforce Solutions as having data that is relevant to the workforce ecosystem for having solutions that can help bring job seekers and employers together and really understanding our unique value proposition around providing services that job seekers and businesses value. And we'll get a little bit more into the, the details of that, but again, that's was that was really the topic of us yesterday, all day with, uh, we got to sit down with Melanie and your other board members, Mark and Dave, uh, and some of our board members, our LEOs, uh, members of our industry sector partnerships, employers, and really get down to those details about how the Workforce Development Board uh, acts as a hub uh, to access all of these resources, how it convenes all these different funding streams to best serve job seekers and businesses. So Melanie, uh, what is the importance of a, of a board member when we talk about these local workforce development boards, uh, local elected officials appoint uh, members of the business community to bring their subject matter expertise of the labor market, to really help us again, uh, help Tamara and I and our staff uh, do the things that we need to serve our community. So what is the importance of those board members having a high level of engagement? Well, uh, an engaged board member is uh, a productive board member. And so when you have a productive board, you attract productive people who have a passion for what they do. And bringing the industry sector or the business uh, knowledge and passion for workforce development to boards like ours and giving them opportunities to engage, whether it's submitting their, their subject matter expertise on developing the industry partnerships or promoting the great work that you know our workforce boards does, keeping them engaged 
uh, and moving the needle and moving the the workforce development efforts in our region is is important. But having that engagement and giving them opportunities to engage just makes the whole board productive. I agree. And, and hearing the stories yesterday that you shared about your journey, uh, you know, as a business person in the capital area, uh, leading those uh, roundtables and eventually industry sector partnership, and now as chair of the of the board, it's it's quite a journey. And I know uh, Tamara is fortunate to have you. Uh, yesterday, you got to meet our. Uh, chair Jerry Merritt from Bank of Nevada. We feel very fortunate as well to have such an engaged uh, chair and board member and her and the others. Uh, Tamara, I know that for us to do great work, and I saw this in display yesterday with your board, and I'm grateful, I think, to have it as well. But if you could share with those listening, we might have some peers of ours also listening that want to uh, become even better, higher impact boards than they are. What does it take uh, for us as staff to earn the trust of these board members in these LEOs? Because again, uh, without their trust, we we can't move the needle. And so what ways can we use to, to earn their trust? Well, first of all, I'll say that as staff, as executive staff serving a workforce board, we are nothing without our workforce board members and our elected leaders in our community. So so you're spot on, Jaime, that we must earn their trust. So there are really three things that I will say on that. It's communicate, deliver, and dream. So as leaders of a workforce system, we have to communicate well and often. We cannot expect that our board members who meet every other month, for example, can retain all the information from our complex system. So communicate succinctly, well, and often. Number two, I would say, is deliver. Part of our job as executive staff and leading staff teams is we must deliver on the promises that we make in our community. That's just not our performance measures. That's also on the the covenant commitment that we make in our communities to connect job seekers to jobs. And third is to dream. I think think it would be oversimplifying it to think that just meeting performance measures is enough. As leaders, we must help set a vision for our communities and for our board members to imagine and then reimagine how a workforce delivery system can better serve our community. I love that. Yeah, and and again, it was in display, I think, uh, yesterday when we were, our board members uh, were discussing among themselves uh, their role. I heard a comment saying, we each have a role. The the staff has a role, Uh, the board member, the LEO, and uh, it's really great when each person knows that um, what their lane is, what their role is. And it's not like there's hard lines you can't cross over, but a team is best when everybody plays their role uh, to the best capacity. So, um, Melanie, your role as the board chair in Austin is really important because, again, you lead your peers of other business people to help support uh, and guide the work that Tamara and her team do there. So what helped you prepare? How did you prepare? Uh, what what do you feel um, helped you be prepared for this role of chair of the board in Austin? Thank you. And so it starts with passion for workforce development, that's first, and then having the runway and the ability uh, to be involved. And so I actually got involved with Workforce Solutions Capital Area through a committee uh, that was formed for uh, advanced manufacturing and uh, skilled trades when they were developing their first hire local plan. And so uh, once I got a taste of the committee work and I got to see the operations from the ground up, I immediately wanted to be involved. And then the next step was to become a board member. Uh, And then from there, 
you know, leading and, and showing my peers how industry uh, subject matter expertise can be applied in the workforce development space uh, through the Workforce Solutions Board. And then we just kind of went from there and with Tamara's leadership and, and guidance, we I think we're a pretty good team together. Um, and, uh, you know, working with her, leading through, um, that, that's been an amazing, amazing runway to prepare me for the role of chair. Yeah, you guys are doing great. Again, um, you know, they always say in these groups that Tamara and I belong to, you learn from each other. But uh, just as recently as uh, last year, uh, I remember Tamara brought her team to, to Long Beach, the board members. Mm -hmm. And it inspired me to bring uh, my board member, my chair, Jerry Merritt, to the next meeting in D.C., and I just think uh, that's such a great way, again, to show the engagement for somebody like you to take time out of your normal life to travel with us to do our business is a great sign of engagement. So, uh, Tamara, we're, we've been talking about this ecosystem. And again, uh, you know, when we meet, uh, your peers from across the nation are always envious of the Texas model. Um, but we are supposed to convene an ecosystem and in Texas, they had the foresight to already corral that ecosystem a little bit before it gets to the boards. Uh, but not everybody has the same setup across the nation, but we're still called to be conveners, to act as hubs. How can a, um, how can a board best fulfill that, that mission, that vision, that role of being a convener of all these multiple funding streams into our American job centers? I'll say three words. We must understand our unique value proposition unique value proposition in our community. And so in Austin, and I would argue across many or most boards, it's going to include leading with data. We are sitting on unique data and insightful data about what's happening in the labor exchange system in our communities. We know who's registering for work. We know who's applying for work. We know who's going to work. We know where the jobs are. We can project near term and far term. So we need to lead with data. That's one of our unique value propositions. Two, we need to uniquely understand our customers. Who is our system best able to serve? both job seekers, workers, as well as employers. We cannot be all things to all employers and all job seekers. So really understanding who we can serve well and get results is part of what we do. And finally, we must deploy resources strategically because we have limited resources. How we use those resources to serve our communities is key. That's so true. And those are some of the things that I feel fortunate that when we get together, you, I, Danielle, Patrick, all our, our friends from across the nation, we get to learn from each other and, and learn how to be most strategic with those limited funds. Um, talking about uh, strategic initiatives, again, one of the things we found yesterday we have in common is that we're trying to stand up regional sector partnerships for our target industries in our area and come to find out the, the first three that we're both working on are the very same. We're working on manufacturing, on tech, and on healthcare. And these are the representatives that you brought, Tamara, with you on this trip. And we convened some of our representatives yesterday. And so, uh, Melanie, you are heading up, if you will, this manufacturing industry sector partnership in Austin. Tell us about how it really, uh, I've heard it say it's business-led, and, and I heard the evidence yesterday. Share with our listeners how you're making sure that that initiative is business-led and how the solutions uh, apply to more than one employer. Absolutely. And so Tamara alluded to it early as, earlier as listening to business and what business needs. And so there was a common pain point 
that those of us that are in the semi that were in the semiconductor industry in our region were having, and that was staffing, finding um, enough equipment technicians to fill the roles that we had. And so, you know, we all had a common enemy, so that made us all friends. And Workforce Solutions was there and provided uh, a neutral ground where competing companies could come together and say, "We want to solve this problem not just for my company, but for the region." So we all benefit if we can contribute in this space. So um, Workforce Solution, Solutions hosted a series of roundtables, and the first roundtable was for employers to kind of talk about what their pain points were. Um, you know, what are you seeing? What skill, incoming skill sets do you need? And so we kind of all just you know, started spitballing our list of things that we needed, and um, Workforce Solutions went right to work and said, where can we apply this or what, what accredited certification can we apply to these needs and we landed on the certified production tech certification so from there the next series of roundtables was done with training providers so we invited the local community college uh, skill point alliance is one of our local training providers texas state uh, technical college goodwill industries and we all said listen all of these semiconductor companies and peripheral companies who support semiconductors say we need to hire people with these skill sets. Who wants to, to teach these folks? Because you have all these employers lined up to hire them. And so immediately a handful of them signed up and said, we want to do this. And so we set a process then to invite uh, staffing agencies to the next round of roundtables where they we said, not only can, you know, those of you that staff for these companies, there are other employers that use the same skill set not in the semiconductor industry that could benefit uh, from from being in the partnership so that even included uh, food manufacturers right so um, the list grew from six companies to I think we have over 60 companies in the partnership now that hire this very turnkey um, graduation schedule and then uh, periodically workforce solutions will hold a fair uh, a career fair for those that have completed the program and employers that hire people that have the skills you know, needed for those that completed the program. And so we kind of make it special. Those that go through the program get like the first hour of the fair to themselves, and then they invite other job seekers in to talk to the employers. So it's been proven uh, very beneficial, and we do it periodically. And the partnership meets uh, biweekly, and we talk about um, let's make sure the curriculum is still what the employers need. So that's how we keep it business led. Hey, we need this extra module on this, on quality or safety. And the training providers attend those meetings, they make the adjustment, and that way they're continuing to refine the graduates that they're producing for, for the employers. So it's a great turnkey system. It is, and we're grateful that you are um, generous enough to share with us. We're, we're a few months behind you in this, but uh, uh, again, we brought our school district, our community college, our employers to be able to see that the direction we're going is the right one. And, and this can be done. It takes the effort, the commitment of the board and all the partners to get it done. Uh, and we're grateful that you're allowing us to capture it also in this format so people can watch it, hear it, and uh, hopefully replicate your success. Uh, there was a word yesterday that I remember you know, you wanted them to sit not as competitors, but there was a word that was the combination of collaborator, competitor. So can you remind me what that word was? 
Co-op-petition. Co-op-petition. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to get that into Webster Dictionary? We, we probably should. Okay. It's, it's, it's a very real thing. Yeah. Um, because a lot of, you know, as you know, a lot of businesses are looking for employees and they are competitors, but if they can see the power of being together and not, not selfish for just themselves, but for the industry and their region, it's, it's magical yeah. that happens. I love it. I love that you guys in Austin are doing that in a purposeful, intentional way. We're uh, cheering for you because your success is hopefully going to be our success as we continue to uh, try to help our nation, you know, because these problems are common across our nation. Tamara, as you know, our peers, when we meet, we have the very same problems. And so anything that we can figure out as we share, we really have a national impact. So, uh, but this, this visit of yours has really been inspiring, right? Uh, Tamara, I think that we, hopefully we get other of our partners to do this because I, th I know it's gonna make our board better. I hope that whatever you take uh, with you is gonna help you improve as well, become a higher impact board. So Tamara, I'd, lo I'd love to hear from you. Uh, what did you get out of this best practices exchange? I know I have uh, my list, but uh, maybe you can share with our listeners what you take away. Well, I would I say that you are a great example of setting a table where co-opetition can happen. So to, to go back to that new Webster word, co-opetition, Jaime, you and your team do that by bringing together business competitors, uh, business competitors in the market who have a shared interest in building a talent pipeline. You all do that. That's a big takeaway is that's a role of a workforce board, a high performing workforce board, which you are. So thank you for that. Two, I would say you all have shown us that you have the courage to innovate. And I use the word courage purposefully because you've shared with us, you and your team, how you've had to go through difficult conversations and make difficult decisions all in the best interest of your community, your business community, your job seeker community, and overall a more effective labor exchange. So kudos to you and the courage that it takes to lead. And third, I would say that I am taking away this notion that services don't have to happen in one-stop full-service centers. But here in Las Vegas, what I've learned is that you have 30 locations that people in your community can access to receive services from Workforce Connections. In Austin, we have three. So we're going to take that back as a learning that we need to continue to innovate and up our game to keep in competition with Las Vegas. So I'm betting on... Las Vegas doing well, and I'm betting on Austin replicating many of these great models. So thank you. I love it. I love how you're speaking our language on uh, <laughs> proposition for betting. And uh, thank you for being always generous, always taking my calls, always being there uh, to, uh, you know, to mentor us who are, uh, have been new executive directors. Like I can't believe I've been an executive director for four years now. Time has rolled by, but I was new in my role. You were always been generous and helping me answering questions, sharing your experience. So thank you, Tamara. Um, Melanie, same question. Uh, you know, it's been great to see you here. Again, I was grateful to meet you in D.C. It was evident to me uh, how fortunate uh, Tamara is to have you as a board chair. And now having you here and hearing all this great stuff that you're using your business uh, acumen, your experience to lead these industry sector partnerships along with Mark and Dave. What, what do you uh, take away from your time here in Las Vegas that hopefully will be uh, something that you make productive in Austin? I, I first want to commend you on um, the awesome implementation of your employment ecosystem. It takes uh, a strong board to be able to convene government officials, uh, educators, and business and to solve a common problem. And so I've watched over the last day and a half 
the, how you all masterfully do that. So that's, that's one big takeaway. It confirms the work that we endeavor to do in Austin. And so I, I think that's great. Another one is that I love, uh, as Tamara mentioned earlier, your one-stop hubs, right? We're, we're, we're in a, a, the next year, next 10 year planning of our facilities. And so I was very inspired by the partnerships that you've strategically uh, in, uh, made with folks that are aligned with your common mission. And so um, we definitely will, glean, we've gleaned that from you and we're gonna take that back to Austin. And then third, I wanna say, um, you're, you and your staff are walking the talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you, workforce boards also are in jeopardy of this great resignation or people just changing jobs. Um, but watching you with your staff uh, and how you treat them and how you make this environment a good place, people wanna come to work, uh, and and make a difference. I, I love how you're you're working with your staff. That's that's amazing. Well, thank you uh, for those comments. I think uh, for us again, it's been an incredible experience to have you guys here. It's validated a lot of our direction, if you will. I know that during the trip, we've done lots of fun stuff. The the exchange has been obviously the most important, uh, sitting in that room and exchanging our ideas. But last night, we had a great time at dinner as well. Um, lots of laughs. And, and today, we still have some visits to do. As you say, we're going to go visit some of these locations that hopefully will inspire you. We shared with you yesterday the, the impact of those locations, not just that it brings us uh, together with our partners because they put skin in the game with their facilities, um, but it also brings the services closer to where people live and work. These neighborhoods where the libraries are, where the chambers of commerce are, uh, it makes it, again, our, our access to our services easier. And, and again, if that wasn't good enough, it's um, helping us avoid now over a million dollars of infrastructure costs. That means we can serve more people and get more work done with the taxpayer money. So again, uh, Melanie, Tamara, thank you so much for stopping over today and doing this episode of the podcast with us. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so that was it for this episode of the WC Podcast. Until next one, we hope you join us in the next one. Stay safe.